time, James Harden was just traded to the Brooklyn Nets. But there were more teams involved than that. There were more players involved. Um, this is a kind of overwhelming trade to um, piece together. Um, there was one player involved, I think, that no one was expecting to get involved. So uh, why don't you... Uh, Give us some bearings on this. Break down the trade. Well, Dave, that's right. Steve Francis was involved in the James Harden. No. Um, so we actually spent, what, like 10 minutes, 15 minutes before the show piecing together who was going where. 15 is a little generous. It was closer to 10. But uh, you, all you need to know about how complex this wound up being is that I had to break out a legal pad for it. Um, so it wound up being four teams. Um, the Nets obviously get James Harden. We all saw what happened with the Rockets last night with Harden, um, Boogie Cousins, John Wall, all having their own things to say. A lot of shots going in various directions. Harden's now a net. Um, the Rockets, who traded Harden, wind up with Dante Exum, Rodians Crooks, four first-round draft picks, one of which was Milwaukee's, then went to Cleveland, has now gone down to Houston. And the surprise player of the trade, as Dave mentioned, Victor Oladipo moving to Houston. Now, I, I was actually talking about Dante Exum. Oh, of course. The um, the favorite son of the Tom and Dave show. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so Oladipo wound up in Houston. Um, the way that it worked was the Nets sent Karis Levert to Houston, who then got traded to Indiana so that Victor Oladipo could come down to Houston. And the final piece was the Cleveland Cavaliers, who traded Dante Exum and a first-round pick that was originally Milwaukee's wind up with Jared Allen and Torian Prince. So that's the full full trade. Um, Dave, which part of this would you like to address first? Okay. Um, yeah, so there's a lot here. Um, yeah. Let's – do you want to start small and build? Yeah, I think we can we can crescendo this. Okay. So I want to start with I, – I don't understand how um, the Cleveland Cavaliers came out of this with Jared Allen, Torian Prince, um, it seems yeah, like, it, like gangbusters. it seems like it was almost like a favor. Like, yeah. here, here's here's another pick, um, and we'll take on Allen. Maybe their thought process with that was: we have Christian Wood, we have Demarcus Cousins. Do we really need another center? But yeah. Allen needs to go because of money reasons in Brooklyn. Yeah. So we need to find a third team for him. That makes sense. But the fact that the third team, all they had to give up was Exum and a pick. Um, surprised about that. The Cavs have, I mean, they have a lot of centers at this point. But they've kind of created a, uh, a like, everyone, we've been remarking, um, we had Justin Rowan on. We've been remarking about how the Cavs are a little bit better than everyone expected. And now they actually have, like, a very solid young core with three, yep. four, maybe five high upside players yeah um so yeah i think the Cavs jared allen thing was like we talked about victor oladipo being a surprise in this trade jared allen to the Cavs specifically was a surprise i think my first reaction with jared allen going to the Cavs in this was oh okay so this wouldn't happen if spencer dinwiddie was healthy because mm. if dinwiddie's healthy he probably just goes to the rockets and that's yeah. that yeah that's um, a great point but obviously, Jared Allen was the next contract up. He was the big man who wasn't friends with Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving before they came to Brooklyn. Um, but it's what you said. Like, they have a pretty good young core now. Um, obviously, we don't know what the fit's going to be with Andre Drummond and Jared Allen on the team at the same time. But and like, JaVale McGee. Well, I mean, JaVale's a three-point marksman. <laughs> I mean, you can put him in the corner and just kind of leave him there for a possession. He'll sink whatever shot comes to him. <laughs> Um, we've all seen the empty gym workouts, but yeah. So I don't know if nothing else, the Cavs get a really exciting high upside player for ultimately not that much. Yeah. Um, to move on from the Cavs as we build this up, I think yes. the next part about this is the Pacers um, very sneakily ending up getting in here. Um, you know, we've heard a lot of rumors about Victor Oladipo wanting to be traded that yep. he had, you know, ties to so many different teams along, around the league that were looking to try to get him. And including the Miami Heat. Including the Miami Heat. Uh, that's another part of this um, that I'm not going to get into that 
These are the two players here are players that were linked to the Heat for a while, and we ended up with zero of them. Not going to worry about that right now. Y'all are um, looking very Celtics-y these days. But um, we... So the Pacers kind of come out of this saying, looking like, oh, here's an opportunity to actually get Oladipo on this expiring contract, get him out of here, yeah. get turn him into an asset. And they turned yeah. him into Karis LeVert, who is honestly probably a really good fit with that Pacers team that has been killing oh, yeah. it to start the year. I think the way I'm looking at the Pacers in this trade was they kind of walked in with house money because obviously we've heard all the talk of Oladipo wanting a trade. We've heard Oladipo's name brought up in every free agency discussion, like as that sort of one B to Giannis, well, as that number two to Giannis's number one. And then obviously Giannis signed. And then it was like, well, Victor Oladipo is still going to be around now, at least for the time being, he's a rocket. I mean, he um, still is around this free agency. Assuming they don't re-sign him, yes. which they don't have his bird rights. So I don't know what their salary cap situation is going to be. But it looks like they didn't take on a ton of salary. Obviously, they have John Wall, who is a walking ton of salary. Yes. But other than that, I don't know. They might be able to afford to re-sign him. Um, I mean, yeah. I mean, I, I I don't see how the... I mean, I get Oladipo wanting to move on to a different team and everything. That's his right and everything. Yeah, of course. But, I mean, the Pacers are looking good. So, I, I do... Yeah. <laughs> wonder like from his perspective like did he is there any part of him that thinks he wanted out a little bit too early because it kind of seems like they were figuring some things out yeah i we talked about this before we got on the show just like okay we get wanting out but like did you wind up in that much better of a situation than you were in in indiana because like the pacers for as good as they look right now I think we both look at them and say, all right, yeah, maybe they win a first-round playoff series. But if they run into Brooklyn or Milwaukee, they're probably getting bounced. And now you wind up in Houston, and it's like, do they even win a first-round playoff series? Like, if you look at what the top four in the West are going to be, what will it be? Like, Lakers, Nuggets, Clippers, and I don't know. Who's hot right now? Um, uh, <laughs> I can't even remember. It's a good moment for the show. Spurs are playing pretty well. I think the Spurs are up there right now. <laughs> like it, regard, but like yeah. if you're a bottom half of the top eight, yeah, you team, don't you don't want to be in that situation where I think yeah, being in that bottom half of the West. Uh, although as we've said, good chance that the bottom half of the West is sort of like separated by only like a half a game or a few games or something like that. Yeah, who but knows? Yeah. Maybe the Rockets even wind up in a weird tiebreaker where they get the four seed. Yeah, probably not. But who knows? Yeah, I mean. I think this is I, – I think the Pacers um, come out of this looking like a similar or even better team. Because the thing is is about yes. Oladipo, as, as good as Oladipo was, he wasn't the main guy in Indiana anymore. No. I would I – would, I think you could even say he wasn't the second guy. This year, both Sabonis and Brogdon have really outplayed – Oladipo to the point where he was kind of this third guy and do you want yeah. to be paying your third guy what 28 million dollars however much Oladipo is being paid right now no Probably not so I think this is a great idea to bring in Levert who you're losing a lot of defense with Levert but I think um, the sort of instant offense that Levert can provide will be very valuable to them I'm curious if he is going to be in a six-man role in Indiana the same way he was in Brooklyn this year. Um, I think that role suits Dave, him very I'm well. Stop you right there. If you remember, Steve Nash said, uh, Karis LeVert is a starter. <laughs> oh, you're right. <laughs> Whether he starts for the Nets or not is another matter. Um, that, that That's a good point. Um, LeVert is obviously very capable of being a starter. Um, I just I think my questions with them is more like, I think the only part of the Indiana like success this year I've been skeptical about is just like scoring off the bench, and yeah. Levert I mean, can give you that. Yeah, and now I also, um, just looking up Karis Levert's contract, you basically kick the can down the road on well we're going to lose one of our top three or four rotation guys because like Oladipo again brought up in every free agent discussion under the sun for the summer after this season. 
Lavert is signed for this season. He's signed for next season and the season after that. And wow. then he's a free agent. So What's not the... only do you have him for a couple of years, he'll be around long enough that you'll probably have his bird rights by that point. What? Um, so, how much is he making a year? Seventeen and a half. He's on a three-year, fifty-one mil. Like, it's a great deal. This is a good deal for the Pacers, I think. Yeah. Um, and. I don't know. We talked about paying Oladipo 28 mil. Obviously you don't know if he's ever going to get back to where he was before the injury and the injury was horrible and very unfortunate, but you know, know. it was unfortunate and horrible. And I think it's, he's been slow to get back. And I did just kind of start this whole thing by saying he's been outplayed by Brogdon and Sabonis. That's only because those two have been amazing. Oh yeah. Um, like it's oh. not like he stunk up the place. Yeah, um, Oladipo at the moment is averaging twenty point six rebounds, four assists on pretty decent efficiency, and yeah. yeah, I mean, I think he'll be a. Uh, he's still a very valuable player, and I think absolutely um, a bought in Victor Oladipo um, with the Rockets will be great. Um, I have seen a lot on Twitter too about. Um, I mean, I think. You know, a lot of people like to make the comparisons between different players who are in similar circumstances. And, you know, you never know exactly what's going on with a team or a player. But I do think um, there is something to the fact that Oladipo has wanted out for a while now. And he has still played really well, played really hard. Um, Remind you of anybody? Well, not the playing hard part, but the playing well despite wanting out part. um, who, Who were we thinking? I'm thinking James Harden. Well, <laughs> the thing about Harden, though, is that Harden's had a, like a rough like last like three or four games, and I, I don't want to overreact fair. about those last three or four games. Um, but I do think he kind of came into the year, and yeah, now let's move to the Rockets part of this. Okay, he yeah. he definitely came into the year um, ready to prove people wrong that he was out of shape or, you know not going to be as good anymore because of this drama or whatever saying like hey i am still this good yeah um but you know i i don't want to harp on some of his bad performances but some of his last couple games we're talking um, about basketball we only do negativity here um last game uh uh what was this last night yeah shot five for 16 only had 16 points um, he shot five for 14 the other night, five for 17 the other night. He hasn't scored more than 21 points since uh, December 31st. So Was this Harden's seventh game this year? Uh, eighth. Ninth. <sighs> okay, well. So I do think there's kind of a – and I, I really don't think anyone should take those numbers as any sort of indication of Harden's quality on a team anymore or no, something. absolutely I, not, especially in Brooklyn. Yeah, I do think – it just was a – it seems like this accelerated very quickly from a fan's perspective because we saw this mm-hmm. press conference mm-hmm. last night. We saw these comments from Boogie Cousins and John Wall. But, you know, these things are always going on for longer than I think we think it is. Yes. So I wouldn't be surprised if over the last week there's been a lot more momentum to get this done. Um, and then last night was kind of like a cutting of the cord moment. Yeah, I feel like we hear like the the term like ongoing talks or ongoing discussions to trade James Harden without really understanding like what that means. Yeah. So like from from our perspective, it's like, all right, yeah, two weeks ago the discussions were ongoing. A week ago the discussions were ongoing. All of a sudden a trade happened. Like, no, these probably, you know, progressed gradually. Yeah. Um as far as the Rockets part of this, it feels can, like a necessary step towards a rebuild. Yeah. Can um, you can you remind me everything the Rockets got out of this? I can. So they got Victor Oladipo, um, Tom and Dave show favorite Dante Exum, Rodians Kuroks, four first-round draft picks, one of which is Milwaukee's, three of which are Brooklyn's, I believe, and then four pick swaps from Brooklyn, which I think – puts them in terms of total like number of picks affected in that same area as like the Anthony Davis and Paul George halls of like, yeah, for the next seven years, we're going to be moving back in the draft. Um, So that's the hole for the Rockets. 
I mean, the main piece is Oladipo and yeah. the picks. Like, Exum is a nice little piece, but, like, not exactly for as much love as we give him on this show. Not going to be an all-star or anything this year. Probably not going to start for that. Definitely not going to start for that team. Um, I think I think he can be an all-star maybe in, you know, the four to six year range. Listen, you give Dante Exum the right circumstances. <laughs> <laughs> Just give him the ball. Yeah, see what happens. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, that's... I saw somebody make comparisons between John Wall and Victor Oladipo to John Wall and um, Bradley Beal. I don't know if I would necessarily draw the comparison between Beal and Oladipo, but no. you'll have a fun team. You'll have a yeah. really good backcourt. Yeah. Um, I mean, the thing that the Beal, the Wall Oladipo backcourt has over the Beal Wall one is both Wall and Oladipo. I know they're yeah. both recovering, still kind of recovering from injuries. So it's hard yeah. to say, but they have incredibly high defensive ceilings. Oh, yeah. Um, that if they're both clicking, if they're fully recovered, if they're able to, um, that will be like one of the absolute best defensive backcourts in the NBA. Um, oh yeah. Offensively, it's a little bit different. Um, Oladipo isn't as good as a shooter as uh, Beal is, um, but I don't know. I mean, I, it's kind of hard to imagine what this team looks like i, I kind of have to see them maybe look more into the numbers because you have this weird situation where you have christian wood who's emerging as like a genuine star yeah um wood is averaging somewhere around like 23 and 10 this year like yeah no he's been on fire <laughs> um he's been ridiculous and wall has been good in the minutes he's gotten um there is definitely um a um version of this team that is probably pretty good yeah like i think if nothing else they'll be a tough out like wherever they wind up going that they get knocked out mm-hmm. um like i still think that top six in the west is very tough to crack but they'll have i don't know like everyone's locked in there and they're not exactly playing a bunch of slouches. Like John Wall's a former all-star. Victor Oladipo's been an all-star. Christian Wood might be an all-star this year. Um, they have pieces. Yeah. And they also have enough picks that they can kind of just say, all right, yeah, we'll go all out. Like, we don't need to tank for a bad pick. Um, Tom, can you take this over for about two minutes? I just need to call my boss about something. Yeah, of course. Um, so... Obviously, the Rockets wind up with Victor Oladipo. They wind up with Dante Exum. They wind up with Kuroks. They wind up with a whole bunch of picks. Um, I think for Dave and I, looking at like the trade as a whole, the piece that made both of us kind of raise our eyebrows was Jared Allen going to the Cavs. Um, the big one, well, the big kind of thing that made us wince there was just that Jared Allen's 22 and a starting quality center in the NBA and like a good starting quality center. And so, I mean, we've talked about it with like the Lakers not wanting to trade Kyle Kuzma. It's just like, that's the kind of player that when you're making this gigantic, uh, what, like seven draft pick selling way into the future trade, that's the kind of player you're not going to be able to get in to your organization. That's the kind of player that just doesn't exist for you anymore because you don't have that back of the first round pick. You don't have, the ability to get him in the building. Um, So I was surprised by that. I think the more that I thought about it and the more that Dave and I talked about it, it became clear that like, this is probably just a, well, we couldn't include Spencer Dinwiddie in the trade. So we, we have to move somebody because we have to get hard. Um, Another interesting wrinkle to this that I don't think we've touched on is that there were reports this morning that, the Sixers were offering Tyrese Maxey and Ben Simmons and then a bunch of picks for Harden. Um, we had a, I think Dave, before we got on the show, had a question from a, somebody he talks to about would it have been better for the Rock, for the Nets to just trade Karis Levert for Victor Oladipo one for one? Uh, my immediate answer to that was no, 
because if you trade Karis Levert for Victor Oladipo one-on-one, you are basically creating a free road for the Sixers to just trade for James Harden at what, probably a fraction of the price that you were going to pay for him because they, they know that they're not bidding against anybody. Um, so I think, I mean, the other interesting thing would be hearing, and I'm sure we'll hear about this in the coming days. I'm just talking about the, um, the Philly potential uh, and what we were hearing about them this morning. And then also the question you had with um, trading Oladipo for Levert one for one. Um, but yeah, no, I think we'll hear more in the coming days as to if like that Tyrese Maxey and Ben Simmons trade ever was actually on the table. Um, you never know. Maybe that's just what the Rockets were hoping for. But I don't know. I mean, if you're Brooklyn, I think if you're Brooklyn and you have Harden saying, I want to come to Brooklyn, you kind of have to do whatever is necessary to get him there because the second team on his list is Philly. And so, like, if you're Brooklyn, you're even if you're kind of slowing down right now, you're still one of the two favorites in the East. And you don't want to just create a third contender out of a guy hoping to be traded to your team. So, I mean, did they give up a ton? Yeah, I think they did. Uh, do I think it was a necessary ton? Yeah. You know, what's interesting here is they obviously gave up a ton in terms of the picks and Lavert, yeah. Allen, but and Torian Prince. But, I mean... I feel Torian like, Prince is where we draw the line. <laughs> I think there was a while where all of the Harden trade rumors to Brooklyn always had Lavert, Allen, and then one of Joe Harris and Spencer Dinwiddie. Yeah. So... That's the part that I find interesting is that how I understand Dinwiddie's, Dinwiddie is partial ACL tear, probably not yeah. playing the rest of this year. Um, yeah. But how did Joe Harris not end up in this trade? It's a good question. I mean, maybe that's when you maybe that's why you bring in Victor Oladipo as part of it. Like, say, look, I mean we're not going to move Joe, but you can get access to an all-star guard who has looked like a top five MVP, MVP finisher at times in his career. Um, but it's a good question. Like you have to imagine Houston asked. Um, oh, I'm sure. I, yeah, I think my answer would probably be, do you try and rope Oladipo into this as a sweetener to just be like, well, we can't give you Joe Harris, but we can get you Victor Oladipo. Um, and an extra first round pick that's prop that might be better than Brooklyn's, depending on how the Rock or depending on how the Bucks do. Sorry, I was just I my my boss called, I had to do something. Oh, don't worry about it. out for a second. No, um, no worries. Um but have we talked about like- the have you gone on to the Brooklyn part of this yet? In terms of what, just getting James Harden? Or what they look like. It's funky. Um, Obviously, we don't know what Kyrie Irving's status is going forward. And, like, we don't say that pejoratively. Like, the thing, I don't know, the things that he seems to be concerned with right now seem to be a bit bigger than basketball. Mm -hmm. Um, But in terms of when we talk about what happens between the lines on the court, we don't know if he will be there. Yeah. Yeah. in the event that he isn't there, you're probably looking at what? James Harden. Um, who's their two guard going to be now? Because Dinwiddie's gone for a while. Shamit? Or, you play Joe at the two? Shamit? Shamit? Okay, yeah. So Chris Harden Noza. Is Luau Cabarro a sixer? No. I mean, a net? Yes, he is. He, he's been yeah. he's been decent this year. Yeah, so like one of Shamit or TLC. Um Joe at the three, Durant four, and DeAndre Jordan five. Um, yes, but also, guard, what do I mean? Okay, we can say we can, you know, I think always pick this apart by saying like, what does their depth look like? But like, what does it matter if you have Kevin Durant and James Harden and Kyrie Irving? <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. But, but just to say it, like, I am curious. I, I I need to look at like some sort of updated Nets roster thing. Like, what does their depth look like now? I mean, yeah, my I think my biggest concern would just be as someone who picked a Nets Lakers finals. If you're running, in, which now, I, obviously, 
I do think is looking better. Yeah, like I I like the odds of getting there. You still have to get through Milwaukee, which is not a a foregone conclusion by any means, because Milwaukee could probably carve you up inside with some of their pieces. Um, And Milwaukee might be one of the only teams that can actually defend this Nets team. I mean, well, I put defend in air quotes because how well do you defend the trio of Durant, Harden, and Kyrie? Dave, I'm not getting audio for you, bud. How about now? Yep. Um, my new microphone has this like tap to mute feature, and sometimes Ooh. I forget whether I've tapped it or not. I see. Um, I don't want to harp too much on like what the East is looking like now, but yeah. you look at that roster, you look at the depth issues they might have. Obviously, a, a lineup with Kyrie, James Harden, and Kevin Durant I mean, how are you going to stop that from the defensive end if all three of them are out there? And if, like, the big thing, I mean, I've heard this a lot on a bunch of NBA podcasts, whether it be Zach Lowe or, like, Kevin O'Connor or people like that who talk about, like, the biggest thing for Harden here is can Harden return to playing, like, just normal basketball? (laughs) Yeah. Can he adjust to a system where he is not dribbling the ball for 16 seconds before either taking a step back three or passing it? It's interesting because, like, I think in ter- like we've seen Kyrie look really good on teams where he's just taking entire possessions off. Or not taking possessions off, but, like, definitely just kind of standing off ball for most of it. Mm-hmm. Um, the interesting one also, like, there's, I think, a version of this team where Harden's handling the ball most of the time and you're actually good. Because, like, you yeah. could run a Harden-Kevin Durant pick and roll. That is horrifying. Yeah, that is. I mean, that's the thing. Like, Kyrie is the third option now. Yeah, which isn't, like, <laughs> it's nuts. Like, yeah. And his, I feel like the best that we've seen him look was that 2016 final series where he was a definite second option. So, like, what's Kyrie as your third option even going to look like? Um, I mean, I the offensive potential of a team like that and the fact that they still got to keep Joe Harris, who is such a lockdown yeah. shooter, yeah. which means that if you are a team playing the Nets off ball, you have to pay attention to... F- like four different guys who can knock down a three at like a 40% clip. Um, Yeah. I'm really interested basketball wise, just in terms of how Steve Nash figures out how to use like Harden in this like off ball setting. Um, Yeah. It's going to be interesting because like ever since Kyrie has been out in the few nets games that I've been watching since that's happened, Durant has been playing like pseudo point forward for a lot of them. Yeah. Um, he's racking up a ton of assists. He's running a lot of pick and rolls. We're getting um, like 2019 Warriors or 20. Yeah. Like spring 2019 Warriors point center Durant. Yeah. He's looking like that. He's kind of looking like um, that year that Durant won the MVP that Westbrook was injured for a lot of with yeah. uh, the Thunder. Like, and so now you add the Harden element. I mean,. I got to say, just as a fan, as a fan, I'm so excited to watch the first Harden-Durant game. I'm very um, excited. Which I assume will be like this weekend or something. Yeah, probably. Um, who knows when Kyrie will be back? I'm not going to speculate on that. Um, yeah. I will say, um, I, I, I don't want to make this about the Heat. Just a brief comment about the Heat, though. Um, How you feeling? About there's a the part of me that there's some pressure taken off where I think like, now that I mean I've seen some Heat fans on Twitter right now be very confident still that the Heat can you know make it through Um, but for me what this made me feel like you know I'm not worried anymore really about like competing for a title this year (laughs) because like and like genuinely as a fan that loot like that worry going away makes me feel a little bit more comfortable about the team We've talked about like that championship or bust mentality being 
kind of destructive or not destructive but like not the most fun as a fan it's not fun and this is the first year in seven years i mean i know that's that's a luxury to say it's the first year in seven years that i've got to think about that but it's the first year in seven years since i got to think about that and to be fair seven years ago i was much younger and paid attention to this a little bit less um was a little bit more of a casual fan didn't like you know have my full heart into it all the time a 2013 heat fan was casual <laughs> well i'm not gonna get into that but, um... <laughs> uh, in any event in any event the the way this affects the eastern conference is kind of like hard to comprehend right now there's so many factors um my one of my first instincts and maybe this is silly maybe i am really underrating the nets in this matchup but i kind of think indiana is a very bad matchup for them i think they're a bad matchup i don't know how much it's gonna matter that's true but i mean we did just see last year you know there was a lot of talk before the bucks heat series about like you know miami is just a bad matchup for milwaukee yeah but still like most people pick the bucks to win but yeah, sometimes that bad matchup stuff does come to fruition. But does any bad matchup thing matter when you have three guys in the playoffs who can just score at will? Yep. Like, if like bad matchup Pacers for the Nets probably looks like, well, Domas just bullied Kevin Durant and got a layup, and then Durant came down and pulled up and drilled a three in his eyes. So like. Yeah. Like, how bad can it really be when you're matching up poorly? When ultimately, for the last, what, six, eight minutes of a game, you can run Durant, Harden, and Kyrie out there? Yeah. I mean... There's, like, a weird nihilistic undertone to this whole show of, like, yeah, sure, there are some teams that match up better or worse than others, (laughs) but how much does it matter when, like, there's the Durant Nets up there? Um, Yeah, I mean... I don't want to get too ahead of myself, but like the thought of a um, Nets Lakers finals now just seems ridiculous. It's yeah. it the the I mean, frankly, I mean, I I would probably still slightly lean the the Lakers because I think of because of their depth. Yeah. yeah. But and the Lakers have been together for a year. Yeah. Um, and they've just added – I mean, they obviously added Schroeder and Harrell, which are big pieces. But the core of that team has been together for a year. Um, I think one thing we should be prepared for um, is there is a chance that in the first week or two of this Nets thing, they lose a couple games. And this we shouldn't think that this was an awful trade because they lose a game because they haven't been able to figure it out yet. I'm going to light things on fire when it happens. <laughs> they might lose a game to, you know... The New York Knicks. Say they, it. Yeah, they might They might lose to the Knicks, but it's okay. Everyone's losing to everyone this season. I mean... Everyone's losing to the Knicks this season. Everyone is losing to the um, Knicks. <laughs> no, but I think you're right. Like, it's important to give this time because ultimately, like, they didn't make this trade for a January 20th game against, like, I don't know, the Thunder... Like, they made this trade for April, May, June. Yeah, uh, that's a great point. Where they will undoubtedly be playing. Now, one final note. As a Heat fan, um, there were a few weeks in there where it seemed like the Tyler Harrow-Duncan Robinson package could get a trade done. The Heat seem like a distant third at best in the Eastern Conference now. Like, I feel like the walls between that 1-2 and three through eight in the east have just gotten so much stronger they sure have as a heat fan you were officially looking at it as the heat did not trade for james harden how do you feel other like outside of the we're not a championship contender this year thing are you okay with it um well i should say i do think there is a a world in which I'm not going to say champ make the finals just because of the Nets, but I do think there is a world in which we get a favorable first round matchup. Our second yeah. round matchup is maybe the Bucks again, and, and maybe make an Eastern Conference Finals. Yeah, I think there's still a world where we make the Eastern Conference Finals, bearing we have a nice path to it. 
Yep. Um, however, I will say as now, I I don't want to make it just sound like I'm saying this because I always trust what the Heat are doing, whatever. I'm kind of okay with it. Um, okay. I think obviously a team that is like kind of centered around Jimmy Butler, Bam, and James Harden is a very scary team. Um with a lot of versatility both on offense and defense yeah you can't hunt james harden on that team because they can just switch it and now bam's guarding whoever the guard is yeah um and as much as part of me was kind of hoping today that i mean i know we heard a few weeks ago that the heat were out of the deal and there was a little small part of me today that i was kind of hoping we were going to see some tweet about like the heat are kind of in the mix um i am okay with the fact that this didn't go our way because I think I'm not convinced that adding Harden and losing Hero, Robinson, maybe Achua, yeah, maybe someone else actually makes us like it definitely makes it, us better. It. No, no, I'm not gonna say it doesn't make us better, it makes us better, but I'm not sure if it makes us like guaranteed finals appearance better. Yeah, like that's so. I think for the That's Nets, it makes point. sense. You say, I'm going to give you four. Like, they, in their minds, they're thinking, I'm going to give four picks, four swaps. We now have two top five players and yeah. one, you know, like top 15 player. Um, if the Heat do a deal like that, they have just traded their youngest, best asset and hero. Yeah. Um, and what? I mean, as much as I love the Heat... And as much as I love Jimmy and Bam, we're not looking at, like, a bunch of top five players here. We're looking at Bam, who's, like, maybe a borderline top 20. Jimmy, yeah, who's in that, like... And then Jimmy is, what, like, top 15? Yeah. And then yeah. Hart... It, it, I do think there is a, a, a world in which the Rockets were kind of coming to the Heat. And, I mean, this is probably what happened. The Rockets were probably coming to the Heat saying, we want Tyler... Duncan yeah. Robinson, Precious Achua, a ton of picks, yeah, maybe Kendrick Nunn, and I think the Heat were thinking, like, our team is kind of old already. We can't give up all of our young guys here. We need to keep some of them. That's a really good point, like, especially because what's James Harden's deal right now? Like, two more seasons? Yeah. Obviously, you hope that he resigns when you trade for him, but you don't have a guarantee of that. And, like, if you trade for Harden all this stuff and he walks it's very scary for the heat if you've given up hero robinson and all these picks now watch me completely take all of this back if the heat somehow get involved in the bradley beal talks of course naturally yeah um but that i mean did we have any other real angles on this like i think we kind of covered it all um i mean i don't have yeah i i i I can't really think about anything. I don't know if you're at all at all want to talk about like the last like week of the season at all, or what are you thinking? Honestly, I feel like the hardened content is what's driving numbers right now. That's true. Um, I just want to take a look, see what. Um, people are saying. Um, see if there's any. any additional pieces to this right now i don't want to miss anything um yeah actually that's a good idea i'll check in on what just uh dude. allegedly no, multiple is. teams have have um inquired about pj tucker's availability since the trade happened that makes sense um I think it would be very um, a real heat move to just kind of whiff on this Harden Oladipo stuff, but we end up with PJ Tucker. Yeah. <laughs> but you have a moment to talk about PJ Tucker. Um, and I mean, there was a point earlier today. I was talking to a friend who's a Sixers friend, our friend James, who's been on the show. When there was talk about a third team, I was I I wanted I really wanted the Heat to get involved as that third team, like. 
Let's right. get PJ Tucker. Like why? Let's get um, Torian Prince. You know, someone. Uh, yeah. But you know, it really shows how some of this stuff does come out of nowhere. Obviously, we saw all day like it's either Nets or Nets or Sixers, Nets or Sixers, and then leaned Sixers. Yeah. For like an hour. Yeah, there was a point there where it looked like he was going to be a Sixer. And it flipped back, and then all of a sudden, Cleveland and Indiana are involved. Yeah. Um, how do you feel, Tom, as um, a Knicks okay. fan? Do you think um, – I don't know. I know where you're going with this. Is there any part of you that wanted the Knicks to get involved as a third team here? I mean – No. No. No? I do because okay. Have you heard of the principle of inertia? Yes. <laughs> the idea that an object at rest will stay at rest, an object in motion will stay in motion. The Knicks are a basketball version of that, because if the Knicks right now are at rest, they are playing well. They're you know they're not going to be the, one of the best teams in the East this year. That's fine. They're playing well. They're building something. Julius Randle's going to be an All Star. We're putting it out there every episode. We have to. And they're not making any irresponsible trades. But if they start making trades, that brings us closer to like the the doomsday scenario of like, well, all of a sudden we signed away Mitchell Robinson so that we could get Andre Drummond. Um, like the Knicks, I'm glad the Knicks didn't get involved because the Knicks getting active gives the Knicks an opportunity to be like irresponsibly active. That's true. I thought you were going to go the route of like, is New York firmly a Nets town now? Which, well, like, I mean, right now on. the Knicks have the better record, right? Yeah, look at look at the standings. <laughs> I, like, I'm sure that a lot of like national basketball media will, if thinking about basketball in New York, will talk about the Nets and like mostly the Nets. But in New York, it's still the Knicks. They're still yeah. the number one team. Like, if you're over the age of, like, 12. And we are, like, one, one like, I mean, we are a Nets-Clipper-like uh, collapse in the playoffs away from the Nets just continuing to be a laughingstock. Oh, yeah. Like, if this... If this doesn't work, if they don't make the finals with this, this three... <laughs> it's gonna be hilarious. Like I, we haven't even thought about if this doesn't work, but it yeah. would be so funny. That might be a decent way to go out on this too. Where is the scenario where this doesn't work for you? Um, what happens? Is it just too many cooks? See, I think they have such a high floor because of the talent, but I think that there's a scenario where you get into a game with either a Milwaukee, like I think Milwaukee and LA are really, and when I say LA, I mean the Lakers. Those are the only two teams that I could really see this not working against. Mm -hmm. Because if you run into Milwaukee, like you can throw Drew Holiday at Harden, which like, yeah, that's probably, like Harden's still going to get his, but it might be a little bit less efficient. Uh, you can throw Middleton at Kyrie, a little bit of a mismatch, but like you don't feel awful about it. And then you can throw Giannis at, Kevin Durant and still have Brooke Lopez protecting the rim. Milwaukee could give him a game, could give him a series. Like, and obviously offensively, Milwaukee will have a very good time. Um, so I think, yeah, there's a world where like Milwaukee beats them in a playoff series because Drew and Middleton, like Giannis is obviously putting up his numbers, but then Drew and Middleton also are just slicing and dicing Kyrie and Harden mm -hmm. for seven games or however many it goes. That's Door A, we do a lot of door talk here. Yeah. Um, door B is you get into a postseason series with the Lakers and they just go big on you and you have no answer. Yeah. And I mean, not to compare the two teams, but that was my thought process with the Pacers. They can go big? Yeah. It's true. Um, I mean, losing Jared Allen, I think, will hurt this team. Jared's been significantly better than DeAndre Jordan. Oh, yeah. Like, even as just, like, a body you have to throw – at people i'm gonna give you a, a little quiz here Dave. okay i'm ready as of right now 
And I say as of right now, because the Nets have three open spots available on their roster. They have a 5.7 million mid-level exception. Okay. They have a minimum and they have a 5.7 disabled player exception that they got because of Spencer Dinwiddie tearing his ACL. Right. But as of right now, DeAndre Jordan goes to the bench. We got two minutes left in the first quarter. Who's coming on to play center for the Nets, Dave? You mean fourth quarter? No, I mean like if it's end of the first, okay. starters are going to the bench, we're subbing in the bench. Who's coming on to play center for the Nets? Um, um, is it... Ooh, this is a this is a tough one. I I feel like I I looked at this at some point and I can't remember his name. It's it's not like Moses Brown, is it? Or is he on the Thunder? It's Jeff Green. Oh, <laughs> wasn't thinking like, about that. Listen, if you're not Sam Presti, you're never thinking about Jeff Green. <laughs> um, but yeah, like it's there's depth concerns in the front court. I mean, you can say, oh yeah, we'll put Durant at the five. He was guarding Jokic a lot the other night. I think it was two. No, it was last night. Yeah, he was guarding Jokic a lot last night. I, it actually didn't go horribly. So, like, that's a move you have, but I don't think that's a move you want to pull out unless you absolutely have to. Um, so, yeah. we'll see what they do with those exceptions. But, yeah, I think the other option is just a team goes big on them and they have no answer. Yeah. I mean, I, mean, I, I guess an important thing to think about, too, is – this team can always change again with the buyout yes. guys. Yes. Um, I don't know who's going to be available, but yeah. I mean, if they can get their hands on a, is it possible Andre Drummond becomes a buyout guy? Just as like a well, we have Jared Allen now. Yeah, I think that's possible. Um, Drummond. I was even thinking less. I mean, I don't mean less as in, in like a pejorative way, but like an Avika Zubac. Yeah, that's a good point. Like, there's guys around the league who definitely could fill that role for the Nets, I think. Absolutely. Um, but, yeah, I think depth will definitely be a concern. But a starting lineup of Harden, I mean, I guess it would be Irving, Harris, Harden, Durant, and DeAndre Jordan is, I assume, what they're going to be going with. Listen, I... I will close it on this. Hope we get a Nets-Hawks playoff series. Because that would be insane, and it would be so much fun, and we should all be rooting for it. I, I think that would be fun, too. Po probably possible, too. I mean, I think we both had yeah. the Hawks at the bottom, like the seventh or eighth spot. Um, they jumped out, to a little bit better than that, but I feel like water's finding its level. Yeah, they're kind of... I think seeing the limits of a team that has like almost, I think you could probably say two or three good defenders. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that would be great. I mean, the teams played, I think a week or two ago and it was. The Hawks won, didn't they? They might've won. Yeah. And it was like nearly a 300 point game. Um, and that oh, game God. also had um, the post game conference with um, Steve Nash in which he said that Trey Young's little move to get fouls oh, um, yeah. is not basketball. <laughs> so there's a little uh, beef there. I know um, Trey says that his favorite player of all time is Steve Nash. So got to hurt. Um, but, yeah, so a lot of narratives there. The offense would be ridiculous. Um, yeah. I mean – I don't want to harp on negatives too much. Is there any negatives for the Nets on the defensive side here? Losing Allen, Torian Prince is a decent defender for them. I don't know if there are any – I don't know if this trade created any worries you didn't already have about this team's defense. That's a good point. Like, yeah, I don't know. Some bigger teams might give them trouble. That was already going to be the case. We saw it with the Pacers. Um, is your backcourt going to be shutting people down? Probably not. It wasn't going to be before this. So, I don't know. I mean, we'll know more about what this Nets team looks like in the coming weeks as they kind of fill out the roster with those exceptions. And as of right now, I feel like this makes them the best team in the East. Yeah. But 
it's weird because like we said that before the season and they're below five what are they at 500 now yeah i think they're six and six yeah so like we said that before the season and they're basically they're breaking even at this point um but they're dangerous and i feel like in the nba it's probably a good idea to bet on talent and they have the most of it now yeah i mean i think this is the thing that we i think it kind of happens every year um yeah and where you kind of talk yourselves into maybe some of these other teams i mean every like you know it seems like maybe once a decade you're gonna get like a heat like team or like that yeah 2011 mavericks team or that like just sneaks their way to the finals i mean in the mavericks case they win just based on team basketball not having the most talent but having the best team that fits together 2013 Um, Indiana Pacers yeah like these teams we want to talk ourselves into them being good and being able to compete but we have seen there's only so like dangerous they can be yeah and we have seen countless times in the playoffs that when we get to the end of a game and it's a close game the only thing that is going to end up mattering is is like shot making do you have someone when the game is completely slowed down when the defense is super locked in on the other side and they're denying everything and you're not able to get good off ball movement. Do you have someone that can just create a shot? Yeah. And I think that is, I mean, the Nets probably have it better than any team right now. They probably have it better than the Lakers. Yeah. So, yeah, I I do think um, as a Heat fan, I kind of alluded to this, but didn't really get into it. I, I feel less stressed out. Nice. I'm happy for you. Because it's like, yeah. before this happened, I was like, oh, we got to like prove that, you know, it wasn't a fluke. Right. Yeah. All that kind of stuff. But now it's like, eh, you know, if we lose, if we end up in the playoff series against the Nets and losing five, I'm not like, I'll be upset, but it's like. What are you going to do? Yeah. Who Who's going to beat that team? Yeah. <laughs> um, all right. I feel like that about sums it up. Yeah. That's um, really good, y'all. Yeah. Um, crazy day. We'll see y'all t- what, tomorrow for the uh, for the Kings episode. Yeah. Stay tuned. We're going to be talking Kings. Um, and yeah. Thanks, everyone, for watching. <laughs>